shelves coming at you with our latest podcast from Sarah's Garage, which is our new podcasting studio. Which sounds way fancier than it actually is. <laughs> because garage makes people think doesn't fancy. Sound, doesn't it sound, no, no, it sounds like edgy and cool. Yeah. Just like us. A high school garage band or yes, something. Just yeah. like, yes, edgy, edgy and cool. cool. That's the first thing people think of when they see me. Edgy and they cool. They do. I mean, I will tell you, when I first met Laura, I was like, wow, I did, I did not expect her to be so out there. <laughs> With our personal appearance. <laughs> okay, moving along. Today, our topic is about friendship, and it's inspired by Sarah's awesome post uh, recently on how friendships are portrayed in books, mainly in YA we're talking about today. But I think it's relevant to... Honestly, life and well, general, I mean, if you look at you know any form of media, in yeah, if you look, <coughs> excuse me, um, if you look at television in particular, mm-hmm. um, most definitely, which I'm is what I'm you know the form of media I'm most familiar with apparently. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's you know there's a certain type of friend relationship that is the thing, it's yeah. the norm, and. It's really interesting to me. I kind of blame Sex in the City to a certain extent on this whole thing, but you a know, little bit. But I, I just like it's... to blame them for everything. <laughs> I think in general, though, it. No, you're right, though, because I remember thinking in college, my friend and I would talk, and we'd be like, "Man, it'd be so nice to have this group of girls." They made it an aspirational thing, yeah, to have like this group of BFFs that you. Stick with you through thick and thin for your whole life, and you have brunch every Sunday, every no matter Sunday, what. No matter like, what, no matter what, you who cares if you have a family or whatever? You know, you're gonna it's meet like that every Sunday and talk important. about sex. You know, yeah, no, that is like the most important thing. You know that you have this. It's really interesting because I actually reminded me. I think the really great discussion that happened in the comments of that post reminded me of a friend I had that. Like, wanted to have this scheduled with myself and another friend. Mm-hmm. It was, like, scheduled lunch on a certain day every month. Mm-hmm. Like, that's really hard. Like, even a once a month, like, on a certain day that you set aside and nothing can be changed. And he would get so angry at myself and this other friend. Yeah. For for not being able to, like, always honor that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I have a regular lunch once a week with a friend on Wednesday. It's, like, our thing. Um, we go to Burgerville, which is... So super chic and fancy, but it's just <laughs> our thing. Is, Don't judge; it's our thing. That is very glamorous. Uh, but yeah. as far as burger joints go, I mean, you yeah, worse. most definitely. Um, so, but we meet every Wednesday, but once in a while we can't make it, and it happens, and we're just like, okay, well, cool. We'll see you next Wednesday. You know, it, it's not like a thing where. If one of us can't make it, it's, like it's going to end our friendship, you know, it's you not that way. You don't value the Burgerville trip enough. We are really quite well set up with um, provisions for this yes. podcast. We could go on for quite some time. Muffins and, and coffee. coffee. Yeah, I mean, it's really, we are, we're doing we're very well today. Yeah. We really are. I mean, it's, it's, it's impressive. So apologies for the like, you know, slurping and... Chomping, yeah. But the muffins. pause is due to slurping and chomping. Yeah, muffins are—they're pretty good muffins. So <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but the discussion was really good on that post, and I 
it made me think of a lot of stuff. And what I think is also interesting is how many people were like, when I shared my experience, people said, oh, I've had really similar experiences. Like, I don't know if, you know, our audience is sort of like sort of weird loner types, which is highly possible. (laughs) (laughs) How on earth did we attract that kind of audience? I'm I'm baffled. (laughs) You know, and um, we had a couple of our our favorite um, author pals weighed in saying they'd had similar experiences. Hi, Sarah Oakler. We love you. And Lisa Schroeder, who we just love. Lisa knows that, though. Yeah. she but, totally knows we adore her. I know. <laughs> I wrote a whole post about it, for God's sake. Anyways. But, um, you know, and some other folks, you know, Trinity, who writes the um, wonderful Tumblr blog, Trin in the Wind. Yes. Which I really enjoy. And several other And actually, folks. this whole post was inspired because of a link she tweeted. Yeah. Cause and she, then uh, Rain, or however we are going to say her name today... Uh, who had, what's the name Word of the Chasing. Word Chasing, which is an excellent blog that you guys should all check out. But we all started having this conversation on Twitter because we were like, oh my god, I relate to I know, what this was, post is saying so much. Yeah, there was, there's a book that's coming out um, about, uh, it's in published in Australia, and um, it's a book called Just Between Us, and it's a book by Australian authors on the topic of female friendships. And in this um, article, this column that was written by one of the contributors to that particular anthology, it talked about um, just the sort of feeling of being best friendless and knowing that, like, a friendship had ended and just the sort of, like, weirdness that she felt like she had failed. And I think that's a really common thing. I think so, too. And I think also that... Media in general tends to be, even though friends are always in there and they're significant, like, when there's a breakup, it's usually the romantic breakup that is portrayed as being like, oh my god, I'm never going to get over this. But when I look back on my life, the relationships that have ended that I miss the most are the friendships that I had and that just for whatever reason have drifted away or didn't, haven't worked out, you know, because I made a big move distance-wise years ago, and so that has had a significant impact on the friendships that I had, you know, or leaving college, things like that. (laughs) Okay, sorry for the interruption, but... Sarah's dog just did the cutest thing I've ever seen. So my dog, there's a, the people who owned our house, or lived in our house before we bought it, they um they had a cat door in the door to the garage and my big dog just stuck his head through the cat door and, and it's so cute and it's grinning doing at it us. again doing it again and it's pretty funny and i took a picture so you guys can see how funny that is hold that hold that so <laughs> apparently he wants to participate in the podcast and looks completely unafraid of Laura, which is amazing. Yeah, so. especially considering that this dog had an incident with my husband. Yeah. Anyways. He's, he's, he's come a long ways. <laughs> Hi, bud. Anyway, so you guys get to hear about hear my dog breathing in the background. The heavy breathing is the dog. It, out, you know. it is the dog. It's not. 
anyone doing anything untoward. We run a classy operation around here. <laughs> I think Laura laughed harder when I said we run a classy operation around here than when I said it's no one like doing anything untoward. <laughs> like, the whole thing is funny. Like the idea of us doing something untoward, like is like like you know, like me just saying something completely ludicrous or whatever is like more real, like more realistic than running a classy operation. <laughs> Anyways. Sorry about that, guys. It was really funny, though. It is really funny. Um, So, anyways, friendships lost in life. Realistic. Yeah. And what I was, the point I was trying to get to was, and I hope I did, was that. I think you did. In terms of fictional depictions, whatever fiction you want to, you know, point your finger out, there's a gap in terms of the realism of the way those types of relationships are portrayed. Yeah. Whether it's the way they're maintained or the way they fall apart or, you know, what ha- or their sort of life cycle. And it's interesting because we had great discussion about it on our blog. And yet, a number of people, because, you know, I like, I, I, you know, pay attention to things. <laughs> um, you know, we're talk- who weren't us, we're talking about it, you know, on Twitter or what have you or on other blogs. And they seem to get the impression that my feeling was that there weren't a lot of books about friendship. And I don't really feel, like, equipped to necessarily speak to that. Because, honestly, like, I it's I tend to avoid right. books. Like, honestly, I tend to avoid books about sort of epic friendships. Because mm-hmm. I have a hard time relating to them. And I, I know the sort of issue of, like, relatability is kind of a contentious one when we talk about books. But I, <clears throat> I honestly don't find them particularly interesting. Um, I like to read them sometimes, but yeah, yeah I don't particularly relate to them because that's not an experience with friendship that I've had, yeah. which is kind of the whole point of what we're talking about. Yeah, so. and so I tend to, just because I've, I've tried those books so many times and I often find them, like, I they're enjoyable, but I don't find them, I've learned to really try to self-select books that I know have elements that work for me, and when there's certain elements that consistently I feel kind of ambivalent about, I don't particularly seek them out. Um... And so I thought that was interesting because I do think there are some really good books about friendship and, um, you know, some that people have really regarded highly. And I know a lot of folks mentioned Codename Verity, um, which is a book I didn't particularly care for, but that is, you know, a book, you know, mostly about friendship. And um, there are a lot of other books out there, like Like Mandarin is an interesting one about I a physical relationship. Um, Kristen Hubbard? Yeah. And... Um, I mean, she does some interesting stuff in her books in general with, um, with dealing with friendships. So there are, um, you know, there are some books out there. And so I don't know how much of a gap there is in terms of, you know, also if you want to look at like, well, what does, how, how much does the market demand books about friendship? Yeah. I know. I mean, that's a whole other thing. Yeah. But it's. But the issue with me is the way that friendships tend to be portrayed. They tend in to be, books, yeah, they tend to and be, it tends to the be same like, over and over and over yeah, again. Yeah, like even though you've been friends with this person your whole life, but things start to maybe diverge a little bit, and you have a big fight, but you work it out at the end, and you have confidence that these people are still going to be friends, friends beyond the end of the book, right? And I. That's not my experience well, in life. And it also, I, when I what I wrote in my post was, it seems like, especially if you look at YA novels, but it's true in a lot of other mm-hmm. um, 
categories just and mediums. genres in general. Yeah. Um, but it's almost like there's a standard issue of like, um, qual like things that a main character has. And the main character has a best friend. Yes. And if the main character doesn't, she often has some sort of bigger issue, and part of her res- resolving her issue is also acquiring a best, a best friend. friend. Yes. So there's a really interesting way that the lack of a best friend is stigmatized and considered problematic. It's kind of considered a flaw. Like, uh, it's a character it's flaw. Fault. Because there's something wrong with you that makes people not want to be friends with you. So you better work that out. Right. Like, and then and you will get this best friend. Exactly. And it's really interesting. Because it's like part of the journey in like fixing whatever ails her. And it's it's female characters. I mean, I read a lot of male narrated YA and the friendships are depicted differently in those books. And honestly, I... But they I, can have some of those elements too. They can have too. some of those elements too. But I, in general, I do, I, I, I kind of enjoy the depictions. I think it's... part of that, though, is that I think in some ways, friendships between males are maybe not taken as seriously, which I do not think is a fair way no, I don't think for that's them to fair be either. So, um, so I, I think that's part of why. I think also friendships between boys tends to be depicted more in a group dynamic. Okay, yeah. I, I, I mean, and I don't know if that's just because there tends to be, like, sports involved or, you know, things mm-hmm. that naturally lend themselves to um, to sort of a, a group dynamic. I don't know. Or maybe I'm just completely wrong. I mean, that is possible. Um, I am fallible. Amazingly. <laughs> tried. <laughs> but it's interesting to me how that is when there isn't the existence of the best friend very, very often that is a problem. Considered a bad thing. Right. Like there's something wrong with this person because they don't have a best friend. Um, I don't really think that's the fair thing. No. You know, especially because I tend to be a really introverted person. Um, I know that you are. and People are always surprised by that. People get surprised by me, too. Anyways... <laughs> That's a whole different issue. <laughs> but I really value solitude. And yeah. so it's really hard for me, I think, to have an epic friendship. Because friendships are relationships that require responsibility. There's a lot and of commitment. And I think people <laughs> don't really kind of acknowledge that. They're just like, oh, friends are so awesome. And they are awesome. Don't get me wrong. But sometimes they take commitment. And... To have a BFF commitment is not something that I know that I have in me, but I don't think, I don't consider it a flaw on my part. It's just, I like to be by myself. I'm married. I have a husband who's awesome and amazing. He is really awesome. And I like to spend a lot of my time with him. And so that doesn't necessarily leave a lot of room for this epic BFF friendship. Also, you have the cat. Yes, I have a cat who demands a lot of attention. Yeah, that is a pretty committed relationship you two have. <laughs> <laughs> Says the person who has like yes. dog staring, sticking his face through the window, trying to get at us. <laughs> He's like falling asleep. anyway sorry guys it's just kind of distracting um 
anyway, and so, you know, we were, we were talking before we started recording, we were trying to make, like, a bit of a list, and it's hard mm-hmm. to start making a list of, of novels that depict friendship in a way that's different than this, as Sarah Oakler put it, the lady BFF, BFF ship ideal. <laughs> I love that's that. That's a really good phrase. <laughs> I know, because it's true. Like, it's just, it's exactly what is the, the yeah. thing. Like, it's the aspirational thing. And it's hard when you yeah. start, like, you know, really thinking about what books have something that's different. Whether it's someone who's, like, happily, like, kind mm-hmm. of alone and independent. Because there are people, like, I was very independent as a teenager. Yeah. And I had a, you know, a group of friends that I really liked and I did stuff with. But I also did stuff on myself. Like, yeah, I mean, that, I was kind of a loner. I didn't really have a lot of close friends. And then a lot of my really good friends were from summer camp. I had really close friends mm-hmm. from summer camp. And I think that in some ways, some people might feel like those are not legitimate relationships. But these people really were there for me and helped me, even though there was distance. Not during the summer, yeah. you know what I mean? So, But that makes sense, because in summer camp, you also have a different... Mm-hmm. It's a different dynamic than, like, the school. Like, especially mm-hmm. as teenagers, like, your relationships are so centered around school. And, like, honestly, if you don't... If you, like, find your school annoying, or, like, feel like you're not part of, like, the the right crowd, and... Because I yeah. went to a huge high school, um, you know, where, like, everything was very segmented by crowd. Right. And, you know, there was very tiered and hierarchical and all that. Um... But like, I bet there are. I bet that is not an abnormal experience. I mean, I when I was in high school, I had friends that were, you know, part of the like speech and debate cir- circuit, mm-hmm. and like I loved seeing those people like every other weekend. Right, and that was like you know, that was like a really cool thing. And yeah, if we'd had like Facebook and email and stuff back then, oh. I'm sure we would have, um, you know, kept in <laughs> kept in touch more than we did. <laughs> Okay, Sarah's dog has made a really funny noise. I think he is quite irritated with us for leaving him out and forcing him to stick his head through a cat door. I think he wants the muffins, if we're going to really be honest. Oh, He has a food thing. Okay, so that noise is not anything untoward, just so that you guys are aware. We are running a classy operation. (laughs) All right, I'm going to have to have my husband deal with the dog. Hold on there. (laughs) So I actually, during that little interlude, I thought of a um, book that does a really interesting um, job of depicting non, in in general, just sort of non-traditional friendships, but... um, non-school friendships is Everything Beautiful by Simone Howell, which is, Mm -hmm. like, one of the best books no one seems to have read. Like, it's so weird. Like, I don't... That book is so different, and it... It's it's just bucks, like, every trend. Like, sort of, you want to make all that... Because, I mean, there is something to be said. Like, the generalizations people make about fiction for teens, in particular, there's a lot of truth in those generalizations. Like, there are certain things that you see in fiction for teens over and over again. And it's Uh not that that's a bad thing. I think there's, because a lot of stuff is universal and it resonates with kids and, you know, there's, there's just, but it, I mean, it just bucks a lot of trends. Like, you know, the main character is like a pretty angry person. (laughs) He is is really crafty. He can open doors. (laughs) 
we're talking about the bar uh, again. Sorry about this. This is a very professional operation. Um, you know, that, because in the, you know, the main character is really, really angry, and there's, um, the love interest is, um, not able-bodied. Um, uh-huh. you know, there, it's a summer camp for, um, Christian teens that it takes place in. Main character is not religious. Oh. There's a lot of really interesting tensions. I could probably relate to that since I went to Catholic school. You would probably really and I'm not Catholic. relate to the yeah. that aspect of it. And um, there's just a lot of really interesting. The relationships are very complicated and very sticky. And mm-hmm. um, the main character does have a best friend. It's not the healthiest of relationships. Um... But Which I happens. think is something you see. Like, it's a very realistic depiction of, like, when that type of relationship yeah. is not necessarily good for anyone involved in the relationship. Right. Um, so there's just a lot in that book because that's that really, happens, so. really <laughs> unusual. And, um, you know, just the main character finding connections with people who are so different from her, which mm-hmm. you don't see a lot either. Um it's just a very, very well done book in, in general, and it's really interesting because the, the experience that the main character goes through is very, like, it's not something a lot of people, you know, you, most people get shipped off to, like, a Christian summer camp and are, like, adamantly non-religious, you no, know, I that's, like, an yeah, unusual experience, yeah. and yet it's a, I think it has a lot of themes that people will find really relatable, and... It's just, it's, yeah, I love that book. I don't talk, I don't talk that book up enough. I should, because it's really good. Well, I will be reading it this summer. Um, and then you had, one that you had pointed out that I hadn't thought of previously was Holier Than Thou by yes. Laura Buzo. Which, I, I mean, think, you are like with the pom-poms with yes, that book. But I think especially, I think one of the reasons I did really like that book is that the way it dealt with diverging friendships yes um you know because the main character of the book holly she this i get this is the book that embodies what i'd like to see out of new adult Mm -hmm. um and she is a few years into her first job but she's still kind of getting used to being an adult she has a boyfriend that she lives with she's got the futon couch kind of thing going on and Mm -hmm. she used to have a really close-knit group of friends in high school uh and a lot of these people are diverging as you know you get out of the college environment which is you know kind of closed in some ways and then you actually get out in the world and you start doing different things and this kind of happens after high school too where people go in different directions and then after college people go Mm -hmm. in different directions and people change you know I mean I changed a lot during that time I've changed a lot since then and you know, it's kind of hard to maintain friendships from when people knew you then and to what you have decided to become as an adult. But she really mourns these friendships, and I feel like I did that too yeah, quite a lot because it's a hard thing to realize that these people that were so important to you are not a part of your life anymore. But I really related to this book because I think it's normal, and I don't think a lot of other books do that well. So anyways, I thought... 
that holier than thou really rang true to life for me as far as what happens to people as they grow up and the friendships and how hard it is to maintain them and you know a lot of times it's not you a lot of times it's the other person that loses interest also you know for whatever reason people drift away from each other and it happens and it's sad but it happens well that reminds me of um that article in um slate that i posted on um the, link, the wedding thing. The link roundup post about, um, it was about how friendships that end after, like, a wedding. Mm-hmm. And I have experienced that. Like, it's so funny because the comments on that were so interesting because, like, the people, and, like, I never read the comments, but I read the comments on that yeah. on Slate. And people were like, you must have just been a shitty friend, you know? And, like, it's just so interesting, like, the judgment. Yeah, that I think was, there's like, always a thing really... that, like, if the friendship didn't work out, you are shitty. Yeah, and like, you I... are a bad person. That and... idea needs to go away because yeah. that's not really what and... happens, you know? Yeah, and it was so, I mean, the comments were just so revealing about how culturally ingrained. Because I thought it was, like, a really honest and kind of a funny piece, too. Because, yeah. like... That happens. Like, I have been to weddings. I've been at weddings of people who I really liked and was really close with. And yeah. honestly, after the wedding, never really heard from them. Yeah. Like, and that happens because people's priorities change. And, yeah. you know, maybe someone gets a job somewhere else and they have to move with their partner. And, right. Like, that's just, I exactly. mean, and I think that's a time just, like, you know, right after high school, right after college. But I think also, when, like, when people get married, things right. change, too, and priorities shift. And that happens as well. And I don't think that's, like like a bad thing no. it's just it's an is it's just what happens and so. um especially in you know the u.s where people are so mobile i mean i think that's probably even more true but what i thought was so revealing was like how people were like very visceral in their reaction to right. um you know and he was talking the author was a man actually so i uh-huh. guess it's true for men it as was. well um was talking about just how you know, it was kind of funny, like, how much he just loved this particular friend who after, mm-hmm. you know, they he got married, they never, you know, it was like sort of an after the wedding kind of thing. And it was just yeah. a really interesting observation. And I think that's, that's true, too. And Holier Than Thou kind of has, like, hits on that moment, too, where everyone's sort of in transition. Yeah. And people and go in different. she's just really trying to hang on She wants to hang on to it. And uh, even though, I mean, she has her boyfriend, she has a friend at work that, you know, she has a really... Interesting, interesting, yeah. But I mean, she's definitely good friends with this person, mm-hmm. and but I really the part that really struck me about that book was when she was talking about friendships and how they drift away. Um, and I was reading the other day that she has not been able to find a U.S. publisher who will take this book, and that makes me so sad because this book is so just, good, and I think just, that people will relate to so much be, of this. I. Yeah, it's it's kind of surprising to me in a sense that it hasn't found a place in the U.S. Um, because I do think there's there are people who would find that book very it would really resonate with them. Yes. Um, but I don't necessarily think that market that would consume it right now is the YA market or the way the new adult market exists as it does now. Right. And I think it's probably more in the. Like the sort of I hate this this term, but like sort of the women's fiction yeah. market, like you know where you're sort of like your Sarah Manning, Liza Palmer, mm-hmm. like those um, sort of first person mm-hmm. from the point of view of women, like that's where it would probably fit, right? But that's like a pretty crowded market right now. Yeah, <laughs> so it really but this sucks because really I good. think that people, 
Because I do think it's one that really people would get. If it got in their hands, they would they would get it. Because mm-hmm. I definitely, I thought there was just a lot in that particular book with, like, the work relationships and, you know, yeah. as those friendships, like, work friendships are, like, a whole other thing. Yeah. And actually in her other book, um, which, what is it called in the U.S.? Uh, Love and Other and Perishable, Perishable items, items, which is good oil in Australia. Yes. Um, she has, you know, it's all, most of it takes place in a, you know, a Woolworths. Woolworths? Woolworths? What's it called now? Woolworths. Woolworths, But yeah. I think it's different from what American Woolworths was. Yeah, it is. So, different okay. than what, yeah, it's like, it's like, like a grocery a, store. It's like, yeah, yeah. Like, a, like a grocery store. And like a Fred Meyer. Uh-huh. <laughs> which is the grocery store here that also sells like car batteries and such. Um, and, uh, don't worry about that. My dog will clean up the crumbs. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, trying to be nice and clean the table yeah, off. Yeah, the dog will clean it up. Um, you know, the, the, those types of friendships are really important, too, and can actually be just sort of as emotionally dramatic as, like, the best friend relationships. Yes. Um, they can be really, I mean, that doesn't change. Those of you who are younger and you may work in, like, say, retail and there's the retail drama, it doesn't change. the food service drama. There's nothing like food service drama. No, I know. I'm telling you. My husband's family owned a restaurant when he was growing up, and his stories of food service drama are. I've worked in a lot of restaurants, (laughs) and the first time I worked in one, I was just like, okay, it's just this one place that's crazy, you know, because it's a 24 hour restaurant kind of thing. It's got an interesting operation, you know. No. The next job I got in a different restaurant in a different place, I was like, "Oh, it's just like this in every yes, restaurant, yes. you know." <laughs> Drama. So anyway, but it doesn't change. Even if you, you know, go out into the world and like you leave the retail and the food service behind you, yeah, it continues. Yeah, it never changes. Yes, it's like high school. <laughs> But, like, that stuff, those relationships are important and stressful, too. And they require a lot of maintenance. Yes. um, Even more so because you are with these people so much, you know. You will see these people more than you see your spouse. And they just never shut up. Yeah. Sorry. I'm awful. Avoid working in a cubicle if you can. (laughs) Just my pro tip for Sarah's life lessons or whatever. Another one, and that one that does have a best friend relationship. Um, but it's sort of an int- has an interesting evolution. Uh-huh. Is the Jessica Darling series? Yes, we talked about is, the Jessica well, Darling it's so series interesting every because week. Because <laughs> that is a that is a series that the like the longer it's been since I read it, the more I'm like, wow, no. And part of it's because it does have the luxury of being a series, mm-hmm. but like there there are so many things that that series does that you just don't see that in other books. Just so many things. Yeah, and I agree. I it's just sort of more, more, more remarkable to me how just kind of outstanding those books are, and because um, Jessica is not an easy person. Like, yeah, she would I mean, be you hard... hear her de- being described in a lot of reviews as an asshole or unlikable. And yeah, I like her. I like her too. <laughs> I like her too. And she's, but she's not an easy person. And no, she's not, but I mean, most people aren't, you no. know, and she's not a, um, you know, she's not sort of the standard issue character. Like she's not sort of like, 
Yeah, and she kind of the the story they're told from her point of view mainly, not all of it, not in all of them, but but it's and it's in very much a confessional style, yeah, as but, well, which I think makes a difference. Yeah, like, I really do. I think a lot of people are kind of more used to the really introspective Sarah Dessen kind of narration. Yeah. Which is awesome, and I really like Sarah Dessen a lot, so that's not to take away from that, but this one is a It different. breaks the mold, <laughs> by definitely. And so Jessica has a best friend whose name is Hope. Yes. And much of the first couple books are really told as, like, there's Jessica's journal entries, but then there's also letters that she writes to Hope. Yes. And because Hope has moved away. And Hope was really her BFF. Yeah, the I mean, only they were, one, her only friend that she really, the only person she thought that understood, understood her. Um, and it's also interesting, like Jessica, like wants to like cling to that friendship. Yes, like it to the point where she kind of, uh, you know, she sort of puts up walls mm-hmm. with other people who want to be her friend. Yeah, or she, she doesn't even see it when yeah. these other people she are her friends. She doesn't register that, like, she has other friends. Like, yeah. she really doesn't get that, which I yeah. think is a really real and I, thing And I think well. a really big part of the first book of her really kind of growing up quite a bit in the first book is when she realized that she does have this one friend. She's like, oh my god, this... I know. It's totally it's like, like she is and I like this whole book being a bitch to this girl, and she is my, my friend, friend. You know, it's like she's completely gobsmacked by that, and um, it's and this other person is like, look, I know I'm not hope, but I am here. I am your friend. I, want, I, yeah, like, I appreciate I, you. <laughs> I like you. You know. <laughs> so it's an interesting, and and even the story is because hope sort of sticks around. Whether she's mm-hmm. present or not throughout that series. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting the way that relationship changes over the course of the five books. But it has to. Yes, it like, has to. I think that Which if the relationship to... doesn't change, then it's you not realistic. Stay friends with that person yeah. in a way, you know? Um, but I, it's such an unusual thing because Megan McCafferty lets that relationship have a trajectory that sort of kind of goes up and down and meanders and yeah and, and I think that some I think when people aren't willing to let the relationship change that's when you have those really big blowouts between these friends and Definitely. they're just like you're so different and we don't have anything in common like you, anymore like you've changed I know it's like, that big oh, thing oh my no. god it's like the worst thing ever <laughs> and I'm just like well yeah you know it I happens. grew up it's, you know I ended up doing this other thing for a career and yeah you know where I decided that this college was the college for me and not the college that we thought we'd go to when we were 11 you know yeah, I mean, but it's it interesting how that's like so how that's a bad portrayed thing portrayed as a bad thing yeah. oh my god you're different yeah you're different <laughs> I know it's just it's so interesting though because that's I mean one of the few I can really think of that has that lets that the relationship evolved yeah, that way. Yeah, and that and how she has other friends that come in and out of her life. Yeah, like in the third book, most of the people who, because it's when Jessica's in college, yeah. most of the people who are in her life in that particular book are friends that we've all had. 
Like, that's yeah. at that time. Like, they're very much of, like, of that, like, sort of 18 to 22 time yeah, period. Yeah, like, you're friends and, because you live on the same dorm room floor. Yeah, it's kind of like or, how you have work you know, friends. It's because yeah. they're there. Um, and those sort of come in and they they go away. And it happens. It happens. Um, it, I mean, that totally happened to me. So. And, yeah, I mean, I had really close friends who lived in my dorm. Yeah. And there's, like, only one I'm in I have with anymore. very few friends left from college. That, and one of them was somebody that I didn't even really have any classes with ever. We just kind of met through a mutual friend once, and we clicked. And then we went to the same college. But I actually hardly ever saw her, like, on campus because I was, like, in the basement of the music building, practicing all the time and stuff like that, you know, like, you make but music I, but school sh- sounds super glamorous. It's like high school. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> so, um, so anyways, but she was kind of separate. And then I had other friends that I did other things with, but she's really the only friend that I have from college. And it's ironic because I hardly ever saw her. No, I do have one other friend from college, actually. Sorry. If you guys are listening, I'm sorry if I offended you and I forgot the other person that I am. They with can each, Anyways. They can each just believe that's the, that you're talking about. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, in another book that actually has a somewhat similar to the Jessica Darling series mm-hmm. uh, that uh, Kirtana from Ivy Book Bindings had pointed mm-hmm. out in the comments was um, Just One Day. Yeah. And that's... I didn't even think about that. And I had that one. She is definitely right. (laughs) Yes, she's very right. Way to go, Kirtana. Um, (laughs) Because it's um, the way, you know, the main character, Allison, in that book, I mean, it's not a spoiler to say, like, she goes to Europe with her best friend from high school. And, like, even at that point, their relationship Things are kind of fraying Yeah, like, they're both headed in different directions on the best... You know, it, and you know. like I, you feel like they both know that. Yeah, I mean, and it and just gets to the point where, like, you know, you come home for vacation, and you're just like, I should call this person, but then, then you meet like, up you with them, and bothered. you're like, your life's just continually go on these separate points. Yeah. And by the time you come back together again, you're just like, I don't even know you anymore. Like, what do we talk about? Yeah. yeah. Um, but I thought that was a really, really good observation, and it is sort yeah. of similar to. Um, the, what Jessica goes through with college, in college and finding yeah. new friends. Not and quite as snarky. Not but... quite as snarky. No, Allison <laughs> is not snarky. Allison is pretty kind of... A subdued. Subdued. Of, yeah, She's very quiet. She's and a quiet character. Not very demonstrative. Um... <laughs> She's not. You're right. No, She's I'm really just, not. She's no, like you're kind right. of that person you'd probably like, if you knew her, you'd probably think she was a snob. And then, like, find out at some point, because you had to work on something with her, that she's actually really interesting. Yeah. You know, and, like, pretty smart, but, like, you probably assume she was a snob. Yeah. You know, which I think is a label Which I gets. can relate to that. Yeah, so. people think I'm a snob, and I'm really, like, not at all snobby. I mean, I am snobby about some stuff, <laughs> like beer. Um, <laughs> coffee. Coffee. Um, but, you know, for the most part, like, I don't really judge. Um, yeah. But people... I've definitely been hit with the snob label... And a lot of it is just that I'm not terribly comfortable with people I don't know. So it's hard for me when I get in these groups and then people are just like, you didn't talk to anybody, you're a snob, you know? Yeah, and I think that, um, you know, in a lot of ways, Allison is sort of at 
during most of the book, she's kind of, I wouldn't say happily alone because she's not happy. Yeah. But, um, she. Comfortable being alone. Yeah. Like, she's okay with, like, her roommates really want her to, like, come out. Like, I, like, and I remember that, like, come out with us. Yeah. And, like, she just, like, she's kind of got, like, hung up on this thing that happened in Europe. Yeah. And she doesn't. Like but, like, even preference. if she wasn't hung up on that thing, I don't she know that she would have been, been one of those people who was like, like, let's go clubbing. Do people yeah. use that word anymore? I don't know. Okay, that was a big word when Let I was us in know. College. That's what people clubbing. said when I was in college. Like, <laughs> let's go clubbing. <laughs> it was just like, ugh. And, um, but I, and then she does sort of find some people that are more her yeah. people. But, again, like, but even then, she's pretty happy, like, with her little, yeah. her kind of, self she's one of those people who has walls I would yeah say. and i think that's interesting i think that it's i appreciate that gail foreman didn't make allison like discover friendship yeah and then you know because i think allison's pretty okay with her kind of solitary yeah thing and having some people that she cared about and you know she has you know a couple of friends she meets and really or is it even two or is it just the one guy who's like the friend well, is that, but she does end up being good yeah. friends with one of the roommates, too. That's true. So, she, but she's You know, not, one of her roommates kind of, you know, they kind of meet each other yeah. halfway as far as, That's like, right. how they relate yep. to each other, and it kind of ends up working out for them. But it's an interest, but I appreciate that Gail didn't send Allison in the direction that I actually, I remember actually thinking, like, uh, is this going to be one of those, like, she finds a best friend and she gets over the boy, yeah. Stories, but it was, and I shouldn't have even wondered that because Gail Foreman, and that's not really her style. her style. No, but you know, like you just don't know. And, um, but I thought that was a really good observation. Was yeah. the um, was the just one day? Um, and it'll, actually, that'll be interesting how that plays out in the sequel because the yes. sequel is going to be mostly travel, I believe. Yeah. Um, but I think it's really interesting how people kind of when you're growing up. And, you know, in my case, it's like, hey, you meet a boy, it doesn't work out, you know, romantically. And everyone's just like, it's okay, you'll get over it, that's normal. You know, you're supposed to have lots of different romantic relationships. But there's this BFF idea where you You, are wrong if you deviate from this friendship. From this friendship. Why should that be? I don't know. You know why are you me asking so? me this question? <laughs> no, I really, I mean, I just, it's, it's really interesting how that's like a, a defect. Yeah. And, I mean. Oh, and while we're talking about like the whole work thing, LeBron James, I wanted to talk oh, about this. Oh, this is like the best, so you all know who LeBron James is, Okay, right? he's NBA I'm superstar. Just, and he's amazing. An amazing basketball player. He's really generous, charity-wise, as far as I he's know. He's got an odd public persona. Yes. And there are some things that he's done publicly where I've just been like, "No, I don't really think that was such a good idea, LeBron. But there was one thing that happened recently, and I was looking for this quote and I couldn't find it, but... He kind of had a bad night a few nights ago. It's NBA playoffs are going on. It's the NBA finals right now. And he's kind of one of those people who gets, he's 
in the public eye constantly. He is. People are I mean, constantly it's... just, like, picking apart everything that happens to him all the time. And they have been since he was, like... Fifteen. Yeah, since this he was a freshman guy. in high school. Yes. Because he is... Cover of Sports Illustrated at the age of fifteen. He is a freak of nature. Yes. I mean, his talent just is... so immensely gifted athletically. And one of the things that really struck me was... Somebody asked him if he was going to go talk with coaches or get outside help because he'd been kind of struggling on the court. And he's like, no, I don't really need that. And I felt like... And he got really blasted I think there was a bit of backlash for that. And the thing is with me is that I didn't really think that was fair because I'm one of those people that kind of, you know... Especially if you're like him, where you're surrounded by these journalists who are like, how should we interpret your bad play? Yeah. What are you supposed to say to that? Like, you know, you have these people with microphones in your face. You're in a locker room shirtless and these people, you're like... I know, that's like a pretty, like, You know, weird... it's really that you're just, like, so intensely in the public eye. And he's just like, you know, I just need to, you know, gather my thoughts by myself. You know, probably, I'm guessing, talk to his fiance. I discovered he's not married yet. He's oh, he married in married September. Her? September. Oh, I thought they got married last year. No. <laughs> I think they got engaged last year, ah. officially. But he's <laughs> still with his high school sweetheart, and they're getting married in September. And, you know, that some people just need to step back. And I had this Friday Night Night Lights analogy. Surprise, surprise. Yay! But with the way... <laughs> Coach Taylor is very quiet, I, not quiet per se, but he's not very talkative with his players or necessarily with his no, colleagues, where he very... just, like, he is the coach, and he's just like, okay, is that it, son? Okay. But then he gets home to his wife, and he, all of a sudden, he gets he's real like, he chatty. He talks, you like, know? the minute he's around, and I think And that's... his wife is not a football person. No. But he is the person that he goes to when he's struggling with work things, even though she's not an expert, because she's somebody that can help him kind of organize his thoughts and clear his mind, or he's the kind of person that needs to do it himself. And so I kind of interpreted what LeBron James said in that respect, where maybe he just needed to step back and maybe be alone for a yeah, while. Yeah, sort of like go away you know, from all this like, noise that was surrounding him. Like, like kind of kick the tires around to kind of figure yeah, out. Yeah, like, I mean, I was just like, do these people expect he just played this game, he's being attacked by the media, and now all of a sudden they want him to have a slumber party with Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosch and Eric Spolstra. They're supposed to have a slumber party to, like, dissect his issues or something. Yeah. And even Eric Spolstra was just like, he will figure it out. I have every confidence in him. He always figures it out. I don't need to talk to him. Like, he understands that about Yeah, him, and you I know? think that's... Well, I like, mean, and I'm not an expert on LeBron James, but no, or but like a psychologist, but that's just kind of how I interpret it. But you and I were it, talking you know? about that, and I also think, because he... Some people don't need to talk to all these people well, all the time. Like, <laughs> in this particular... Like, LeBron James is, has this very odd sort of public persona, and it took me a long time to get... My head around. Yes, like, I agree. Him. I did too. I think and I was very judgmental. I think earlier, I was too. Ago, and I don't you know? think it clicked with me that like a lot of sort of his odd persona is he's actually really socially awkward. Mm-hmm. And I suspect that he's probably an introvert. Yeah. Like who happens to be incredibly talented yeah. at this one thing, like the best ever, probably. Yeah. And um, 
and with people like, and you had said like DJ and the Dairy Queen. Yeah. Where, you know. She's really shy and awkward and introspective, but she is really gifted athletically and she just kind of has to create. She creates a persona. A public persona That for is herself. who she is when she's in the spotlight. Yeah. And like, I think that was such a good observation that that's exactly what this guy has probably done. Yeah. And, um. I just, that but they're was, just like, what do you mean? You don't want to like be BFFs with your teammate and like chat all night, like maybe have a late night yeah, dinner. Like, and should we get like talk TV about all and, of like, these pop problems, popcorn you know, and, and like talk about all of like that, all of the shots that you missed and what we can do to fix them for you? You know, like yeah, like I'm one of those people would be like, hell no, get away, know, <laughs> let me have some quiet time, you know. <laughs> but I think people like that who are in the public eye really get judged for being like, I think he. It, makes him seem arrogant to people yeah where they're just like oh you're you're too good to ask for help are you lebron and i'm like i don't really think that's what he was saying well i think as a society i mean yeah i mean i don't know how it is in other countries but in american culture like that but that type of like like well you know we'll talk to you know our teammates or we'll talk to our buddies that that sort of paradigm is the mm-hmm. thing that's expected, and if you yeah. don't do that, there is something wrong. Yeah, like and that's and I think that's especially with a job where it's like a teamwork thing, yeah. and you and you forget that that is a job for these people. It's well, not. Yeah. This isn't their off time. This no. is their on time that they're getting paid for. And they are getting paid substantially, but, but it's still work, <laughs> yeah. you know? And, like, I mean, who among us gets along with everybody that we work with all the time or wants to spend all of our time with everybody that we work with all the time? That's not the way it that's is. That's like a nightmare you know? scenario. I know. That's the worst thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, it, it is interesting, though, like, how that, that certain, that value is, like, placed on, like, every time we talk about, like, human. Yeah. relationships like that there's a certain normal yeah. that's expected and it's somebody public like him gets judged you for not from it like you being in that norm it's you know? fascin- it's so fascinating to me and i you know i originally said that i think it's you know primarily applied to women but i actually think i was a bit wrong on that because i think men deal with that too it's probably just not as mm-hmm. um i think when you know I think with men, when they're loners, it can be sort of labeled as, like, mysterious, you know? They get a little bit of that, you know, they get a little bit of a boost in terms of, you know, it can kind of make them sort of cool, whereas, like, with women, it's, they're more bitchy. Yeah, and I think... I think it's harder. I think with men, too, if you're really close with another guy, there's judgment from other people about your sexuality that's true too. which i do not agree with at all that's true i too. think that is terrible and ridiculous it's and shouldn't really, exist in this world you know mind-blowingly i know anyway so i think maybe there is that kind of thing that happens with boys too where they maybe feel the need to tread carefully as far as their friendships go yeah, I think that's probably true. I think there's a different type yeah. of... I think there's different things they have to negotiate. Yeah. So but as I, far as boy friendships and books, I thought The Knights of Hill Country by Which I have Tim sitting Tharp. on my ta- table to read. Yeah, but this is one of those stories where the boys are... There's competition because they're both on the football team together and it's their senior year and they're both trying to get scholarships but it looks like one of them is going to and the other is not and so it's the small town staying or leaving in the small town Mm -hmm. which is a common thing but it's 
a really hard thing to go through. That's I like one of my people. favorite themes in books. It's yeah. like a kryptonite for me up there with like time yeah. travel and. <laughs> <laughs> or for me, like body switching. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, though, this is another football book that we didn't write down, but Stupid Fast by Jeff Herbach, I think, does good things where the main character has been friends with this one person for a really long time, but then he ends up going in the football team or joining the football mm-hmm. team and this other person, you know, he starts kind of becoming friends with this other person. And at first he's just kind of resistant because he's just like, whatever, you guys are jocks and you've made fun of me my <laughs> whole life. And then, but then he realizes that this, you know, a couple of these people are like worth spending time with. And this person puts a lot of effort into trying to be his friend, you know? So it's kind of interesting how you, you know, you develop new interests and you develop new friends, but you're yet you're still expected to has, find a way to maintain this friendship with this BFF yeah. forever. That's it. That's interesting. I need to read that book too. They're like it is funny. Well, and it's a whole it's a three book series, which I know you haven't read the other two because you have like fear that it they won't, won't be, be as good. good. And I do that kind of neurotic thing too, where it's like, oh no. What if, like, the other books the series aren't as amazing as the first one? Now, I do that same crazy thing, too. It's it's totally reasonable and understandable. Yeah. And then, of course, Sarah Oakler. Yeah. Which, if we're talking about girls now. Yeah, I mean, Sarah Oakler does just some really interesting things with friendships in all of her books. I mean, 20 Boy Summer, you know, has just... That book is hilarious. Yeah. That book is hard to talk about, actually, because yeah. it's, like, very, like, it's, like, such a, like, sort of, like emotional face punch yes but um but her most recent book uh, the book of broken hearts um i think there's been a lot of judgment cast on the main character jude yes. and then her friend danny um i think some people are like on one side or the other being like that one is a bad friend and i'm like isn't danny the friend in bittersweet oh did i get that wrong who's the friend in book of broken hearts i I'm can't sorry. remember i got them confused but in bitters, <laughs> if we're going to talk about bittersweet, though. Of which you are an expert, I yeah. have to say. You but, are the definitive expert on bittersweet. But there, <laughs> there are a lot of interesting things. There, there is the main best friendship with, yeah, you're right, is Danny and bittersweet. Yeah. But then there's also with her friend Kara that she had separated from for because, reasons. Because, yes, I had forgotten and all about kind that of how friendship. Kara kind of finds her way back into her life, but... Their friendship is not the same, you know, because if they're going to have a relationship, it's going to have to change. Yeah. And, you know, and I had, Sarah Oakler had written something interesting in the comments of my blog post, um, talking about the Book of Broken Hearts. Yeah. And, and Bittersweet as well, but specifically the Book of Broken Hearts, and how Jude, the main character in that book, ha- makes the choice to not hang out with her girlfriends. Yeah. Because she's dealing with this family situation. Yeah. And but it's also that the friends kind of pull back also. Right, and they, they friends pull back, and it's just like a Which very, is common in that kind of situation. And, yeah, because they don't know how to deal. They don't really yeah. know what's going on, you know. Um, and, but what Sarah had thought, what Sarah's observation, whenever I talk about people named Sarah, I feel like I'm talking about myself in the third person, oh. and the whole thing gets really <laughs> That's awkward. not what's happening. Sarah O. And Sarah Oakler had um, <laughs> said that, you know, the criticism, some of the criticism has been that, you know, Jude is selfish because she's basically not hanging out with her girlfriends anymore. She's hanging out with, like, this cute boy and, you know, her spending dad. time with her family. Yeah. And 
and that you know she's being selfish, which is probably I mean she probably is being selfish, but that's what she necessary. needs to do in her life at that point. Yeah. But you know the expectation that you be selfless all the time yeah. is all wrapped up in this stuff too. Yeah. Which I thought was just like a really I was like damn it I wish I'd made that observation because it's really true like yeah like this you are not if you're that you can never sort of be self interested. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was such a true, and those are things that needs to be fixed, mm-hmm. you know? And I just thought that was such a true observation, and we don't want, when we talk about fiction or TV Yeah, or you're a bad you, friend if, if you, you are doing something selfish. For yourself. And, and it sort of goes back to something I see a lot of criticism in general, especially books for teens, where adults, is always adults, are upset because the main character has chosen to spend time with a boy with a love interest of some sort. Yeah. Or a different and, friend. Or even know? a different Why friend. Why don't you call this person anymore? Um, you know? And Why don't you hang out anymore? And that is considered, that character is considered to be problematic because yeah. they've made that decision. And I think that's, I think... My so-called life did that. <gasps> that is that the is, best TV example. That is a great TV example. And... I love that show. Anyway, that, <laughs> but it's it's interesting again though that that it's that I think there's something disempowering in telling. I mean, these are fictional characters, but in saying to girls like something else, like you know, sparks you, or you need to do something for yourself, and that is bad, and you are a bad friend, like that. Yeah, like I think if you're a 16 year old girl, and like you know, you need to you know go do the you know yeah you know, dye your hair red and hang out with, like, you know, Ricky yeah. and what's-her-name, like, instead of hanging out with your old friend, like... Or just kind of feeling like, like you, maybe need, you to need to suppress go on, this thing inside of you. Like, maybe you need to yeah. go on that journey, even if... If you're interested in something that your friends are interested in, or that's dorky, and that you're really interested and you have to hide it or suppress it for the sake of maintaining this friendship, something that is... Yeah, it's... Something it, that could become really important to you. Just so, you know? I see it yeah. over and over again, like, leveled on fictional characters. So, poor fictional characters, you know, they just get... They're know. real to me, damn it. They are. <laughs> but it's interesting. I mean, it's just so often that it's like you cannot... That anything that's selfish, quote-unquote, I'm doing air quotes, Yeah. Um, is, is bad. And that's... I don't know. I, mean, I think I, being selfish makes me a better friend. I, you know, Frankly. I, it, I'm sure. It, because, like, I feel like I am happy and that I am happy to spend time with this other person instead of having it be this burden because I have to, like, give up something that I really wanted to do because this other person I, is like, I need you. Yeah, you I, know? I, I can't disagree with you. And obviously but, there are cases where it is, you know... Yeah, I mean, know, there's times when it's, there's, you know, somebody is selfish sick. behavior is, Somebody like, is, you know... <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's also, I mean, there's, I think there's also varying degrees of when, like, you know, the... Sometimes it's just that expectation that you need to be available every second of every day for things that are not necessarily that important. I guess. I don't really know what other word to use. 
It, yeah, I'm just like, I'm going to sidetrack because I'm rereading Sarah Oakler's comments on the mm-hmm. blog. <laughs> I, I just, Everybody should read that, though, because really, I think it really gets a lot of insight into her books. And, and, then, and also in creating characters that are, that have, ri- like, that are layered. That ha- yeah, have these, like, sort of multi-layered and lots of sort of internal, like, yeah. tension and sort of rich sort of internal lives yeah. that sometimes are sticky and uncomfortable and yeah. you know that's um you know and I I could get off on a rant about how well you know right now the trend is not you know sort of sticky and uncomfortable and multi-layered characters like we like sort of these big drama like, drama, drama, drama like honestly flat character I mean I have a lot of feelings <laughs> on this but I mean those subtle things if you you know when you're talking about you know, why, you know, certain books always stick out for me as really memorable. And it is it is those that have, there's like tension in their internal lives. Yeah. And I think the friendship relationship is a place that oftentimes there's a friendship that, it's, and Sarah Dessen does this a lot. And it's not a criticism of Sarah Dessen. It's actually, she does it quite well, better than most authors where friends exist to also illustrate the, the sort of overarching point of the book. And, you know, such as, like, Christy in The Truth About Forever. And Christy is really important to Macy understanding issues around perfectionism and all of her stuff, all of her baggage. And that's great. Um, You know, what if Macy sort of had... Macy doesn't have a lot of internal tension related to, like, friendship and that sort of thing. Yeah. And so it's just, it's... It's interesting the sort of different, like, friends existing to illustrate sort of a larger story or, like, the main, I think because I tend to be more of an introverted, introspective person, things resonate with me more when there, there is that internal sort of, like, complicated relationship with the people around them. Yeah. And. Well, um, and then there's competition in friendship at times. You know what I mean? Where they're just like. A friend is like, why am I not enough for you? Why do you need to hang out with this person? Why are you interested in this thing? You know, but it happens. You I'm know laughing what I mean? because, like, I am a grown-ass person, and, like, I this dealt with happens. this, like, recently. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm just, like, head on the table, guys. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> but, uh, but I think a book that really dealt with that well was The List. Yeah, by Siobhan Vivian. Yes, who is an extremely smart writer. She really is, and I think um, anything by her, there's a lot of layers to, especially relationships yeah. between girls. And that, But that book really made my head spin, because I had to keep altering what I thought based on the more that she presented to me. there's eight different points yeah. of view. Which sounds annoying, but it really works for this book. Yeah, so. it's like, it's, that book is kind of mind-blowing in what yeah. she was able to do with, I mean, eight perspectives is. Yeah, but one of the things that really surprised me was kind of the friendship competition in between two of the girls in particular. Yes. And how that affects the story at large, and... That really made my head spin. But it's something that happens with people. It is. And I think her depiction of the female relationships in that book was spot on. Yes. I mean, I can't. It, and it kind of, 
like in a make you uncomfortable sort of way because it definitely yeah. it's not it's definitely not the shiny rosy it's yeah it's often not pretty yeah I'd, I'd say um and that's not to say like girl relationships are bad like I hope no one thinks that I'm saying that no it's not um, bad. that's not what we're but saying. they can off they they can go in directions that are not healthy yeah just like you know I mean I've relationships had, I've had friendships with boys where they that's happened too you know yeah um so it's a it's that book that, that is like a worth a reread sort of book to be yeah. honest if i ever get I around think so to too kind it, of i feel like i will notice more on a second read yeah because i did get kind of wrapped up in the like mm-hmm. there's like it's not a mystery but there is a yeah some like a sort of a secret i guess yes. and um i wanted to know that um but there's so much that she does yeah that's, um interesting regarding just the interplay between the girls in that book um one that, and I can't remember because someone someone who commented on the blog had pointed this one out, but the Raven Boys and yeah, Blue, Sarah Oakler was it? <laughs> um, and um, Blue, the one of the main there's how many main characters are there? Kind of like five, five, I would say. But I would say that she's the main. She's character. kind of the. It's interesting. The story this, kind of turns on her. Yeah, because it's it's written in third person, um, but. Blue is almost like the lens through which, yeah. like, she's like the catalyst, yeah. I guess, for the story. And Blue has, like, her kind of crazy family. Like, they're just weird. Yeah. I mean, I don't know any other way. Like, weird family. Yes. And, um, just really, I mean, they're so weird. And, um, she doesn't really have friends yeah I mean, she I mean, has a job at a pizza place. Yeah. And she ends up getting caught up in this this sort of group of boys. These yeah. Just from the boarding school. And they're, and they're, they're the Raven boys, the titular Raven boys. Yes. And, um, that, the way she kind of gets swept up in that group yeah. is a really interesting and unusual, um, thing as well. But, you know, yeah. I was going to say, Maggie Steve Fodder does some interesting things with friendships I think too, so too in her books. Yeah. And I think, I think she with Isabel in the Shiver, the Wolves of Mercy Fall yeah. series. And I think one of the things I commented on in my, I mentioned in my blog post was, it's pretty common to see the, the best friends, the you know male and female best friends who develop a develop a romance. But yeah. one of the things that is really different in the Shiver series that didn't dawn on me until Sarah had mentioned the Raven Raven Boys it sort of had a yeah long train of thought was that. Sam and Grace, they they really become best friends throughout, even though they start out as, I mean, they are romantic Romantically partners. involved, yeah. And, but it's interesting also as, that their relationship as it grows, like, mm-hmm. it's not just that they, you know, really like each other, it's that they also grow together as, like, friends. Yeah. And I think that's something you don't see a lot, especially in, in YA, because I yeah. could think of some, um... Some adult fiction where you see that happen. Yeah. Um, but I had a really hard time racking my brain to think of novels for teens where you get that that story arc where yeah. the which I think honestly, like I mean, here's relationship advice from Sarah. If like your partner is not <laughs> someone you are also friends with, that might be something that needs some work. <laughs> Cause 
I mean, my husband and I were friends first. Like, you should want to be around that person. Yeah. (laughs) Just saying. Hey, you know what? People don't talk about that. Like, you should probably, you know, I mean, you're you're gonna, you know. I mean, and I have heard criticism where some people are like, your spouse should not be your best friend. I disagree with that Separate BFF outside of your spouse, which I don't really agree with. Well, yeah, I think there, that can be a problematic standpoint, too, because yeah, I have a lot of thoughts on that that are not necessarily germane to this podcast. <laughs> um, you know, Because we would never go on a tangent. No, I, could, I would be on it. It would be like an epic tangent. Um, yeah. But it's, yeah, it's that, that, because the, I think also because it's a three book series that also helps with the Sam and Grace relationship and mm-hmm. how they, they sort of grow together and this sort of like mutually respectful. Yeah. There's a lot of, I, I think that's a, I think that series is really one of my favorite like YA like romantic relationships and it gets a lot of criticism of like Sam is unrealistic. He's nice and emo. And it's like, he's a nice kid. I know. That's <laughs> how I feel. I know. Every time I'm like, but he's just like a nice kid. Like, I, I don't. What's wrong with I that? I don't get it. Like, I really don't <laughs> What's get it. What's wrong with him being nice? Like, I, I mean, I'm fine if you don't like those books or whatever. Yeah. But, like, I mean, the, the To like, criticize the boy for being nice is just like, weird like, to me. But why? <laughs> why? <laughs> It's like right. really nothing can shut me down. Like I just can't comprehend it beyond that. Where are we at on um, time here? I feel we like we are been kind probably of going we've been going for a while. Here, we huh? just this is basically what it's like. Oh my goodness! Yeah, we've been talking a while. This is basically what it's like going to the bar with Laura and I. Yeah, I mean, I would say so. Pretty much. Yeah, this is. But speaking of unconventional friendships, that Sarah and I met on Twitter. We did meet on Twitter. <laughs> I was actually really nervous the first time we met in person. Oh, really? Yeah, because I was like, because sometimes, like, internet friendships don't translate well to real life. Oh. Well, I didn't know that. I feel like. I mean, I feel like sometimes it doesn't like the way you are, like, when you haven't met the person in person. That's true. And I'm very, like, I very, like, am careful about what I put out in the world. So, like, Sarah online and Sarah in real life are, we are the same. Yeah. But... Me in real life is much more of a pain in the ass. <laughs> That's not what I was going to say. But, but it's totally true. And no, it's not true. But anyways, yeah, I was really nervous because I really valued your online friendship. And I was like, well, what if it's like really awkward and weird when we meet in person? And then she doesn't want to talk to me online anymore. That would suck, you know? Oh my God, that would have totally sucked. I was so busy during that time. I like didn't have time to worry about that. But... Now I'm, like, really glad that didn't happen because that would have been totally awkward. Yeah, especially now that, like, somehow I've managed to become, like, your number one Twitter oh, conversationalist. Yeah. It's so. true. I did one of those. Because we like, still talk on Twitter every day. I did one of those, what is it, like, Visify, where it'll tell you, like, your top, like, the people you interacted with the most, and Laura was number one. And I haven't even been on Twitter for that long. Oh, but you were, like, wait, like, no one but was you were even But like, you were on Twitter, like, for years before I joined. That's true. So. Um, and I can't can't remember who was number two. I thought it was Ray Ray. Yes, it was Ray Ray was number two. Hey, Ray. And then I was so amazed. Lisa Schroeder was number three. (laughs) (laughs) But I I think she and I had a pretty extensive conversation when Friday Night Lights ended. 
It probably oh, boosted those numbers. Yeah. Because I don't think I'd ever tweeted her before that. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and she had written some something about Friday Night Lights ending, and I just like was like, <laughs> Oh, she did. I have That's to, right. I have to she get had a blog post. Yes, about and that. I was like, was I really have to. Good. I love her books, and I just need to tell her how much I loved her blog post. <laughs> so I think that was like sort of inflated. Those numbers were inflated by um, the. I think a lot of, of your numbers are inflated because of Friday Night Lights. I think that's true. <laughs> Actually, Friday Night Lights was my number five um, most common term. (laughs) (laughs) The number one was book. Oh, that makes sense. Number two was dog. (laughs) I have number three was like awesome. (laughs) I can't remember the couple in between. Then Friday Night Lights was like, you know, oh. I think, like, Oh, Portland was a really common one, which oh. I don't even say anymore, but I used to say That's a lot. That's pretty funny. Yeah. What it about was... more Patty, please? And you know what, though? That was just such a sh- abbreviated time period. Remember when you changed your Twitter picture to that picture of you and Patty I Mills together? I love that picture. I know you did. That was one of my But favorites. that was really funny when you did that. I know. <laughs> and you were like, don't worry, I'm going to change it from something fangirl soon. Don't worry, this is temporary. It was like, I only <laughs> kept it for like a month. Anyway, so people, <laughs> unconventional friendships or friendships other than the BFF, they're all good if they yeah. make you happy. This they are. And like, I Psychologist just, Laura speaking. No, and I just, and, and I do want to fit this one in because I um, feel bad that I, I accidentally skipped over it on my list. Oh, was um, Melissa Walker is another author who consistently does interesting things and unconventional things with friendships mm-hmm. in her like they're often like very rich sort of friendship relationships yeah. in the in her books but they tend to be more complicated and like yeah. more sticky and unbreak my heart they say the whole story of it the unbreak yeah. my heart part in it is actually related to the end it, the whole story is about the end of a best friendship yeah and it's you know in the main character sort of it's yeah. a it's a flashback flash forward sort of yeah. story and the main character is mourning the loss of this best friendship because right. of something that happened. And she does a lot, like, in Love Struck Summer, she's finding sort of new people. Mm-hmm. And she's sort of, the main character has this idea of, like, what her friends should be like. Yeah. And it turns out, like, what her friends should be, she thinks her friends should be like, and what she actually needs are two different things. Yeah. And I think that happens a lot in life. Yeah. And she just, she just, there's, she just, and in... Um, small town centers. She does some really interesting things with um, the friendships are related to the main character's church community. Mm-hmm. And as you know, one of the things as you grow up, especially if you grow up in a religious community, because I grew up in, even though I'm not really a religious person, I grew up in a pretty religious community. Mm-hmm. And church friendships are really different a lot of times than, like, say, high school friendships. And even though they often intersect, but there's yeah. sort of these, no, I these friendship because, groups no. that are, that a lot of it are based in a different type of relationship dynamic. Yeah. And she, Melissa Walker, really gets that in that book. Like, that yeah. is a hard book to read. Like, I recommend that book a lot. Yeah. It's really hard to read. <laughs> but, um, or at least was for me. Um but I just, I wanted to make sure that I, I talked about her books, because they are, yeah. I totally overlooked her in my post, and I actually feel bad about it now. 
<laughs> so, so, but we'd love to see more books like that. That yeah, and I really want. I mean, one of the things that we're really like, aside from the just one day, like there aren't. I mean, even on our list, there aren't a lot of sort of the happily alone type books that I can think of. Yeah, and I guess maybe that doesn't make for a very interesting character. I don't know. I'm throwing up my hands here. <laughs> like, am I weird in that I would, like, be interested in sort of books from the perspective, I guess, sort of an extreme introvert or an extreme introspective type? Yeah. I just... A book about somebody figuring themselves yeah, out and I guess without sort of a BFF the, to kind yeah, of bounce Yeah, and I guess this sort of... I guess because, sort of probably thing. because I am a pretty, like, by nature, a very independent person. And so it always, like, it often feels to me that I'll, I have a hard time getting my head around why a character can't sort of independently figure shit out. Yeah, <laughs> and if that's just something that I do. I mean, even if I have something serious going on, I mean, even with my husband, a lot of times I will think about it before I talk to him. Yeah, and then and it's like, not that so, I'm not comfortable talking to him. So what's your him. feeling on this thing that I think I feel, like, is this decision, yeah. does this decision make sense, sort of? I'm just a person that likes to kind of really make sure I understand how I feel, if that makes sense. No, and I think it makes complete kind of sense. organize my thoughts before I really start talking to somebody else. Like, it kind of clutters my mind to get somebody else's opinion first. Like, I kind of need to withdraw first. And so I, I personally think that a story, it, more stories like I that. And I honestly think, I mean, you know, from, are a, attractive to me. from a storytelling perspective, I think there's a lot of interesting things that could be done as well to, I, I mean, I guess you wouldn't have as much dialogue. I don't know, but it doesn't seem yeah. like there's a lot of barriers to creating a story like that, aside from maybe the commercial appeal and what's normal. Yeah. And I think that's what sort of is at the heart is like what sort well, of perceived. Well, we're abnormal, Sarah. Well, and what's sort of perceived it. as normal yeah. versus what in the real world is normal, which is a pretty broad spectrum of right. people's lives. All right. I agree. I think with that, maybe we should wrap up. Yes, because it's been a long time. Yeah, and the dog finally quit staring at us, by the way. Once the yeah. muffins went away, he lost interest. Oh, yeah. That was a coincidence, wasn't it? <laughs> Total coincidence. <laughs> Anyway, guys, until next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Clear Eyes Full Shelves podcast. Be sure to check out our book reviews, recommendations, opinion, and all-around nerdy badassery at cleareyesfullshelves.com or on Twitter at Full Shelves. And make sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Until next time, clear eyes, full shelves, can't lose.